Welcome to the Nebraska Hawks Nest. These guys are brave. They're Hawkeyes living in enemy territory. Listen, these guys are way past their prime, but they're still Hawkeyes. They're spreading the Hawkeye hype to all of Nebraska. The Frost Advisory is canceled. Corn Huskers, more like corn suckers. Are you ready for this podcast? Let's go! All right. Well, welcome back to the Nebraska Hawks Nest. Make sure you give us a like, subscribe, check out all of our Iowa Hawkeye legend interviews that we have to offer. We're back again, bringing Hawkeyes in Nebraska together in Western Iowa with Mr. Iowa Nice Guy himself, Scott Sipker. How's it going? You know, it seems that summer is starting to arrive and I have begun this podcast interview uh, by doing the obligatory weather talk because we're Midwesterners. So we've got that out of the way. That's kind of how we roll. And, you know, another blessing today is you're, you're uh, joined by my, my uh, co-pilot here, Jerry. How's it going, Jerry? Good. Keep the, uh, keep the seats in the upright positions and tray tables up and uh, we'll be okay in case I burn out. All right, Scott, that beard's looking glorious, man. You gonna no, rock that think, through I'm summer? Thinking about trimming it. I, I was thinking really? it got up into the eighties today, and I was like, I don't know. Maybe it's time to go shorter with it. What do you guys think? I don't, I think it's looking good. Like it's just I don't know. It's starting to have a little bit of like a an aura mm-hmm. about it. I think you need to keep it going. Well, man. that started yeah. about fifteen years ago, man. The aura yeah, began yeah. a long time ago. Some All of right, us don't right. get any better than this. So if you got it, flaunt it. So you know. See, I got too much white and gray flowing through mine, so I, I can't let it go very long because then I'm going to look like a wizard. So I got to keep it there, where I'm what's at. Wrong, what exactly is wrong with looking like a wizard? <laughs> I'm not quite ready for the wizard status. That's too much responsibility. I don't know if I can handle that yet, Scott. Well, um, I think the wand chooses the wizard, so we'll find out. <laughs> All right, well, hey. <laughs> That's wise words, wise words, my friend. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to let it flow. Now, you're really well known for across the state of Iowa, especially you become a Iowa celebrity in the last six, seven years as the Iowa nice guy. And you've been recently, you've been featured on ESPN, WHO Sports, Sound Off, everything like that. How did this all get started for you? Well, oh gosh. I was born on December 27, 1980. Oh, not that far back. Okay. Oh. Uh, it's actually started nine months before that, turned out. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, I guess I would pick it up at when the original Iowa Ice came out, which was uh, January of 2012. And after that came out, um, there was about 
between January and August uh, when we switched the Iowa Nice Guy character from doing politics to doing sports. And once we made that transition, putting out Hawkeye Nice and Cyclone Nice, the ESPN then put those on the air and then asked us if we could create original college football comedy content for us, for them every week. And so then we did that for two seasons. And because I got that, uh, Murph and Andy on their radio show asked me to come be a guest. I manipulated my way into being a guest <laughs> for, I think, seven or eight years now, every Friday. Uh, and because I've been connected with those guys and constantly you know, on, uh, being on the radio every week is, is important to staying current. And uh, then doing all the different videos that we've done uh, between you know, over the last almost 10 years at this point is, I guess, why I'm sitting here talking with you guys. <laughs> hey, Jerry, we need Jerry, we need to make sure we get Andy on because we've had Keith and and I'm a pretty big fan of Andy, too. Like, that's the trifecta. You know, we got Scott, Keith, and then we get Andy on. Then that's the triumphant, of, the modern yeah. day triumphant. Yeah, I the, think you might have some trouble with that because Andy goes to bed at about seven boy. at night and gets up at two in the morning to go to work. So okay. if you guys are willing to, I don't know, do it around. Actually, I have no idea when he would able, be able to do it. You, you should ask at least, and then he'll tell you no. Well, all right. Based on past history, I'm not sure if Andy has many strong opinions about Nebraska though either. So <laughs> you know, and then that invitation alone might be enough for him to miss an hour or two of sleep. So Scott, tell us about when you created the Iowa nice guy, was that based on any kind of a character or personality or was that a, what, what was the process behind that idea? So my, one of my filmmaking partners, Paul Benedict got the idea of writing a defense of Iowa in a snarky tone. He's not an actor. Uh, so when he finished the script, he's like, I, I wonder who could, Say the F word really well. Mm. Oh, Scott. So he uh, sent it over to me, and I read through the script. I'll never forget. I was working at Wells Fargo at the time in my cubicle. I read the the script, and I started crying. I was laughing so hard. And uh, we went out and filmed it on New Year's Eve of 2011 and then finished it on January 1st of 2012. But the character itself didn't really have an idea for the character until we started filming, the very first shot of the film, uh, the video, is me standing in front of some national cable TV trucks. And the first couple takes, I just said it normally. Uh, I probably can't. Can I swear on this? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, the very first line of, uh, so I hear you think you know some from Iowa. Fuck you. Like that was <laughs> how I was saying it. Um, and then I thought, oh, Paul, give me give me one more take. I think I have an idea. And I said, so I hear you think you know something vile with a smile. And then I relaxed my jaw, went totally deadpan and said, fuck you. And <laughs> it, that relaxing of the jaw, I will never forget that sensation. When I relaxed my jaw, that the character was instantly born. And I knew how I was going to do the rest of the video. And then, you know, here on out. Uh, just totally dry and really laying on the sarcasm and the snarkiness and the vulgarities. And that all came from just releasing the hinge of my jaw. It's just one of those moments in your life you probably could never plan for, but you know, I had been training as, oh, now I'm getting too hoity-toity. I was about to go into my actor training. 
I'm back. No. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> it's not, it's not, uh, we're not doing Daniel Day Lewis stuff here, but uh, I had, in the process of studying how to act, you learn different ways to release tension to create differences in your performances. So anyway, God, now people are going to hate me. No, you don't hold, you don't hold back at all, man. We want the full picture. We want it. We want the whole kit and caboodle, man. So (laughs) that's all good. Um, So with Jerry and myself being diehard Hawkeye fans growing up in Iowa and ending up living in Nebraska, raising families, your renditions of the Iowa nice guy kind of bagging on Husker nation and the Nebraska football program has been therapeutic to us. I feel like we should send you a check for, um, Please do. Uh, I'll take it. A psychology bill. Cause it, it was, uh, it was just like, Oh my God, this guy gets it. Like this is phenomenal. Tell us what it is about Husker nation and the Nebraska football program that inspired you to do so many of these super entertaining skits. Well, I grew up in Carroll County, Iowa, which is in West Central Iowa. So growing up in the 90s in West Central Iowa, there were too many insufferable Nebraska fans, which I could probably just say Nebraska fans. Um, it's a bit redundant to add the insufferable part. But, <laughs> uh, so I had a you know uh, adversarial relationship growing up. But then when I – when we transitioned to sports and I was defending both Iowa and Iowa state, I, it just seemed obvious for me because that was right when Nebraska was switching conferences. That would, it was the moment where I could make fun of Nebraska in each video, uh, mostly because it's so easy. And we went ahead and, and just did that. And it just took off. And I have to give credit of course, to the zeitgeist, at the time had sound off making fun of Nebraska with Cooter Cornholer uh, and Andy's Doug LeBoner. And then, you know, all the stuff that they were doing, making fun, that was certainly in the air. And uh, it's just so, it's just fun. And really all the Nebraska jokes, a lot of them are just recycled Southern jokes. And you just throw them in and you just put Nebraska in instead of Alabama. And okay. it's, it's not that, uh, it's really not that intellectual, but it sure is a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. So, Scott, tell us a little bit about your background then. I mean, not you know, we've already discussed the uh, date you were born and uh, things of that matter. <laughs> but, you know, what your training, your background, you're from Carroll County. Um, you know, how did you come up with? What did you study? What, what, what was your background? Yeah. Um, well, I grew up in a really tiny town, Mount Carmel, in Carroll County, 101 people and 26 pets. And... Uh, being a rural guy, you just you get used to as a kid using your imagination, and when you only have seven kids in town to play baseball in the sandlot, right? You figure it out. You figure out how to play full baseball games or basketball games or football. You need an all-time quarterback, whatever. You figure it out. And I grew up. My parents are blue-collar workers, and dad dad worked at the uh, at Pella Roll Screen building windows for thirty years, and. Mom worked at the Carroll County Redemption Center for 25 years. And, uh, you know, we had, they were working a lot. We had a lot of time to just kind of run around and get in trouble. And all that kind of culminated into eventually when I went to Iowa State. I still hadn't done any acting. Uh, I just decided then that I wanted to be in a play. So I took an acting one course. And unbeknownst to me, 
I fell in love with it like immediately. I was awful. I was truly terrible. And I didn't get my first lead until my senior year. Uh, and people didn't even cast me. Like almost my entire junior year, nobody cast me in any play because that's how bad I was. Uh, but in the process of that year, I had a lot of free time, not in rehearsals. So I was able to study and come up with my own method of madness. And then eventually uh, started the film company. It's obviously a very truncated way to do it, but I did make short stop down at LSU and Baton Rouge for acting grad school. And then came back, uh, been living in Des Moines uh, ever since. All right. Well, you've really shown, you know, with that, with <clears throat> that story, you just told us a path of, you know, really working hard and being resilient and growing. Now, one thing that we were wanting to know that obviously you started out as an Iowa state fan going to Iowa state, but have you grown into being a Hawkeye fan over the years too? Well, actually growing up, I was a Hawkeye fan. Um, God, my Chris Kingsbury was my lifeblood growing up. He was oh, my yeah. spirit animal. Yeah. Um, and but the household I grew up in was accommodating to Iowa State. My dad, uh, you know, we were all Hawkeye fans. But my dad, I have pictures of my dad when I was a baby wearing an Iowa State shirt. He went to the very first game ever at Jack Trice Stadium. Wow. Um, it wasn't, you know, it just was not a hatred. Now at the time, if we remember, Iowa State was completely inconsequential. So mm -hmm. you didn't have to. There wasn't a rivalry there very much at all definitely not in my house so I, I had warm feelings towards Iowa State um, and it wasn't until I went to Iowa State and started staying in a line at six in the morning to watch Seneca Wallace play football uh, that I was like oh wow I really like I, I, I'm an Iowa State fan now and I know people hate hearing this but I'm genuinely a Scott divided I I'm glad we play each other um, in in football and basketball, I think that's great, but I hate it. I'm very happy when it's over. Uh, I just ugh, makes me feel uncomfortable. And frankly, at this point in my life, my bottom line literally is affected if the teams are good. So I have skin in the game, and obviously, I want Iowa, the state of Iowa, to look good. Having as many good sports teams as we can is it just reflects well on us. Okay, so putting you on the spot then, this fall, potential top 10, top 15 matchup, uh, who, who, who's Scott Sipker pulling for? Who's it going to be? Oh, I just, did you guys just hear that big boom? I was like, what? I thought you, that's where you were putting your hands up. Maybe that was just me. <laughs> I heard a big old boom like God was about to strike well, me down. We're not going to let um, you off the hook. You can't change yeah. the subject. We're not letting you off the hook. At this point, I would have to say that uh, Iowa State is going to be favored. I just feel like it's going to be very difficult to beat Iowa State at home. But we say that all of Matt Campbell's teams at Iowa State have started slowly. Um, I'm interested to see how Iowa starts off. Much more difficult start to the season than they would normally have in the past. So we'll see if they can get past Indiana. And you think that they're flying pretty high coming into Jack Trice Stadium when they have a shot. And hell, it's a rivalry game. Remember back, what was it, 2017? Was that the 15-12 game or something? Where Iowa State had, I don't know, it was a huge, huge underdog, and they ended up winning on a last-second field goal. Rivalry games, you just never quite know. Sure. Uh, and, but I, you know, if you're going to make me, as somebody has said in the past, bet my house, I would bet my house on Iowa State at this point. But God, there's a long way to go before then. And I know I'm dodging your question, who I'm going to pull for. <laughs> Let me tell you that when I go to an Iowa and Iowa State team or a game, 
I uh, I wear blue. I just I stay out of it. I just hey. stay out of it. Yeah. That's the uh, it's the most underrated rivalry in the country. You know, we're always big on with us being in Nebraska or like the Heroes game, Iowa Nebraska. It's big, but. Iowa, Iowa State right now, it's it's nice that ESPN's finally gotten on board and realized that, like, it doesn't really matter. You know, if Iowa State's having a, you know, 2-10 and 10 season and Iowa's having a 10-2 and two season, they're going to battle it out because Iowa State steps it up for that game. That is a lot of times their Super Bowl, and a lot of their fans will say, and we've talked about this at length, that they'll say, we don't really care if we have a great year, as long as we beat Iowa. And that's the thing that frustrates us so much. It's like, why do you got to be like that? Why can't you just try to put together a good season like us? And I feel like that's part of the reason why that game is so good. Cause even if Iowa state is undermatched and they don't have quite the talent that Iowa does, they play up two or three levels and what they're capable of. But this coming season, this might be the first time in quite a while that Iowa state has an equal to potentially superior roster to the as the Hawkeyes. Yeah, I, I would think that they do. Um, obviously, Kirk Ferentz's staff has been really good at replacing players that they lose and coaching up guys. So we'll see. I I think doing RVTV with Channel 13, something that's become aware to me is that uh, I think it's both teams Super Bowl. Uh, it's mm. for fans specifically. It is the game that lingers the most throughout the entire year and you know you don't want to have what 2001 where you know iowa obviously wins every game but the iowa state game uh that that still burns iowa fans it, it you know cost them a chance at the national title now we saw what yeah. happened against usc so they, they wanted a one one but it it is it's it's definitely the state of iowa's most important athletic event it's probably the state of iowa's most important event every year so that's a big deal. And props to Iowa State for taking their program out of the doldrums. And whatever Matt Campbell is doing is going to make this year's game maybe the most hyped Seahawk game ever. That's great. So sticking on RT, RVTV, Scott, um, for those that don't are aware of it, RVTV is basically the Channel 13 select members of the news team and Scott and they spend a week in the RV leading up to the Iowa game, and they travel all over Iowa with one stop in each one. And, Scott, you usually generally provide a little historical piece on each place you've been, as well as some hilarious skits. I think it was Clarinda when Ed Wilson's cigar set off the smoke okay. alarms, and you guys were all scrambling. Diagonal. Or was that diagonal? It was yeah, diagonal. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, you were on, you did the old timey train, and Keith yeah. Murphy kept saying, and the T stands for train. And I mean, I mean it yeah. was. How you know? Take us behind the scenes on that. I mean, is that all basically kind of ad libbed as you go along? Are there any great memories that you got from that between the oh. Iowa and Iowa State fans, or what are some of the things that stand out about when you tour the state before that? Game? We didn't we didn't do it last year, of course, because of COVID. But you know, I've done it five five years now. Keith's been doing it in some version or other for twenty some years. Uh, we could do a eight hour podcast on the amount of memories that I have from these five years. It is the most fun week of the year and yeah we're 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 pulling stuff out of our ass all week <laughs> and monday is usually we're always in the best shape monday but then we're all once the news is over 10 uh, 10 35 then all the townies they want to party 
And so we party with them. And we usually don't get to bed till three or four. Then we got to get up the next morning and do it all again. And when you get to Wednesday and you're exhausted, you still have to have your A game because the people who had put together RBTV in their small town at 10 to 35, they want to party with you. So you've got to step up. And uh, we have we have so much fun. It is challenging. It is a lot. Of, it is so much work to pull all of that off. And, uh, you know, Keith is obviously you guys have talked to him. He is a he's a special world class talent. And then when we started bringing Ed along, I mean, Ed Wilson, the weather guy is <laughs> everybody loves Ed. It's awesome. So yeah. uh, we so many, so many skits so many inside jokes and then the last couple times we've started doing rbtv at dark or after dark uh, <laughs> just a podcast where it's maybe two in the morning and we just turn the microphones on i am surprised we still all have jobs <laughs> no, and jerry and i have talked and i i gotta tell you that you know yourself and you know keith murphy and ed and that whole who sound off andy everybody there that's one of the things that I miss the most about living in Des Moines. It's just that I think that's such a rarity that in a community that size to be able to have such a great and entertaining sports talk show where you guys push the limits sometimes and, you know, really, you know, probably piss some people off. And I wanted to ask you, and I've, I've talked to, I talked to Keith about this too. And I'm like, you know, I've seen Keith on social media pretty frequently all the Iowa State fans think he's a Hawkeye homer. All the Iowa fans think he's a Cyclone homer. He can't win. So I, I need to know from your perspective, how often do you get beat up by Iowa, Iowa State fans about being one side or the other? Or Nebraska fans, have you gotten kind of attacked by them for some of your Nebraska skits that you've done? Yeah, it, it, the attack by Nebraska fans, certainly. Like the videos we made about five or six years ago have – are finally now able to upload there because of the 56k internet connection. <laughs> so it's it's starting to still happen. But um, I don't really get it from Iowa, Iowa State. Early on, I was conscious of this. I mean, I was deliberate in the way that I approached the rivalry. When we put out Hawkeye Nice and Cyclone Nice, I made sure we did it at the same time, right? So that you just couldn't have I, and I don't, and I don't make fun of Iowa State or Iowa in any of those videos. That's the most natural thing to do, and that's why Nebraska has served me so well. Because instead of me pointing uh, jokes at Iowa and Iowa State, I just turn both of them towards Nebraska. And the way you bring people together is a common enemy. This is why I think all of our world problems will be solved once we're attacked by extraterrestrials, because we'll then no longer be Americans and Chinese and. Argentinians, we will be earthlings. And <laughs> what I try and do is, uh, is just get Iowa and Iowa State fans to instead make fun of each other, just make fun of Nebraska. Uh, so yeah, I've had some, some. I, I mean, I guess scary is too strong a word because I never took them all that seriously, but people threatening me, uh, probably the one that comes to mind, well, the one that comes to mind right now, some guy emailed me, or I don't know, it was an email, so it could have been a, a gal as well, but just like you better watch out for any pickup trucks with Nebraska plates and the gun rack in the back. Whoa. But, wow. Okay, dude. I didn't reply. I never replied to him. Uh, but, but so yeah, a lot of hate from Nebraska. 
lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Not really any from Iowa State, other than people who are listening to this. I'm sure some of them think I'm a clown show because I root for both and that can get frustrating or it comes off as disingenuous. But I, I don't know how other to say it. Like, this is genuinely how I feel. Well, living in Nebraska, you know, Adam and I've talked about this quite a bit also, but Nebraska's the only child in the state over here. You know, and Iowa and Iowa State fans have always had to contend with each other. Nebraska fans want to say, well, you know what, you know, this is a rivalry because it's not for championships. They don't know what that in-state rivalry. And so the theory kind of over here is, you know, they're getting used to what an in-state rivalry is like playing Iowa every year. And, Boy, uh, you know, you don't, you don't want to hear it across the dinner table. You don't want to hear it from your family. There's a lot of fans on both sides of the river. Yeah, it's wonderful. I, I, I assume Nebraska will win a game at some point against Iowa. We uh, hope not. And I hope not either. But uh, <laughs> we're going to have to move. Some point, at some point, I, but the, the thing is, like, if we go another two or three years, which seems feasible at this point, unless, I don't know, Nebraska really coached up a bunch of guys this year, um, they're struggling to just be 500, right? So if, if Iowa wins eight or nine in a row and then and then Nebraska wins one, is that, like, is that really breaking? I mean, it's – yeah, we'll find out. I mean, believe it, the avalanche will come for us. It will. Yeah. But uh, we'll, I think we'll be able to survive just fine. No, I, I agree. And it, it's something that I dread every year. And whenever that game happens, I think that the football gods just want to stress me out as much as possible because we could have a team that's 100 times better than them. And it seems like almost every year the game comes down to the final drive and it, it takes years off my life every single year. It's like, come on, put them away and get it done with and move on. But that's Iowa football. You know, we we either lose by six points or we win by three or six points. It's it's how things are done. But yeah, it's, it's, it's the philosophy where they obviously they, the strategy that parents have employed now very successfully over two decades uh, keeps them in games with teams that are superior to them but also keeps them in games with teams that are inferior to them. And so you guys, you just got to take the good with the bad. And at this point, hey, they're beating Nebraska every year, so I'm not going to mm-hmm. No, uh, uh, us either. Uh, we wanted to ask you, too, about the Iowa filmmakers. Can you uh, dig into that and tell us about who's all involved with that and what exactly you guys do? Yeah, so Iowa Filmmakers is a little troupe that we started. Paul Benedict, who I had talked about before writing Iowa Nice, and then Brendan Dunphy, who uh, lives up in Ames, uh, one of my best friends, fellow actor. We, 11, 12, I don't know, however many years ago, we decided to form a little troupe. Uh, Brendan and I did not know how to turn on a camera. Paul did. Paul didn't know how to act in front of the camera. Brendan and I did. So we just started doing little uh, sketches. Um, surrounded around a, um, a our dream film project uh, called Valentine Road about um, Prohibition era in Iowa, mostly focused around hitmen who are protecting the rye whiskey that's being made as it travels across the state to the bigger cities. Turns out to do a period piece costs millions and millions of dollars. I have zero millions of dollars. Uh, so we backed up and decided we'd start doing these two minute short videos and eventually that's when Iowa Next came out and then we uh, Valentine Road is always the that shining spot we're trying to get to we're still many many years away from that 
but we have proven we can tell stories across two minutes. Uh, it is now our big jump to tell a story in 90 minutes and see if people will trust us with 90 minutes of their time. And if we're successful in that, then uh, hopefully we'll be able to raise the proper money, maybe not to do Valentine Road just yet, but to do other uh, comedies based in Iowa or history, historical dramas based in Iowa, things like that. So our first first one, uh, first 90 minute film upcoming is a, a documentary and now Kinnick and pretty excited about it. Scott, can you go ahead and uh, talk to us a little bit about that? And I mean, you know, can you talk about maybe what the focus is? Is it going to be on his entire life, a biographical, or is it going to be on yeah. certain aspects? Or, yeah, it's, or just, would... it's just his, in his life uh, from beginning and, until tragic end. Um, we, it, it's, it's good. Actually, when I'm done with this, I have to watch the latest render, which hopefully will be the last render before I send it out to potential buyers. So I'm pretty excited. Um, it's, it's funny. It's got funny moments. It's definitely heartfelt. It's, it'll probably, it'll make the hair stand up on the back of your head. It'll make, probably make you cry. Uh, it is, it's, his life was, it was remarkable. And mm. he over, a lot of people think of him as just kind of destined to be great, but his life is in no way a Disney movie because if it was a Disney movie, not, yes, you won the hyphen. But they would have like at least won the Big Ten title his senior year. No, they didn't. They tied in the last game to to get second in the conference. Like that's not how you write a Disney movie, right? You right. he his family had to uproot when he was a teenager and move out to Omaha because of the Great Depression, because the family had lost the farm. Obviously, his tragic death. You would think again, if it was a Disney movie, he would have died in combat. No, he died in a training accident. So I, but I think all these things are really important when you consider Niall because we idealize him so much that my goal with this documentary is to remind people that he was just a human. And the things that he did are things we can do when it comes to being selfless and honorable and striving for progress, being selfless. So I'm, I'm really hopeful that... Well, Number one, I hope people are entertained when they see the documentary. Two, I hope that they are reminded of, of what a great teacher Niall Kinnick was. That's really well said, Scott. And when, when would we be able to consume this documentary and, and what platforms will it be available on? That's, that's the next big question. So once I get finished watching this render tonight to make sure there's no glitches in it, I'll start sending it out to potential buyers. We've started to have initial conversations with people, but of course those organizations want to see the film yeah. uh, before they buy it. And so it really depends on whoever buys it. Uh, I might guess if I'm going to guess this will be coming out in some platform uh, this football season. Um, and, but again, we'll see. I mean, there's so many unanswered questions, but uh, I would guess that's my guess is some August, early September. Right. Scott, are there any outlets where people can keep up uh, after this interview? Is there anywhere they can keep up on the progress or where, uh, where they might be able to find it then down the road? Are you, are you keeping up any kind of a news release or press release site? Yeah, I'm, uh, I've been pretty closed mouth about it up until now because you just, this has taken many, many years. And I thought years ago we were almost done. And luckily I kept my mouth shut for the most part. Um, so I have, have not started that 
process of really putting out extra content and telling people, uh, mm -hmm. keeping them up to date. But that will be happening soon. And the best way to just stay up to date on that is just follow me on uh, Twitter or Instagram, uh, at Scott Sitford. Very unoriginal. But uh, I, that's where you'll be able to find out any good news that's coming. And, of course, if you listen to the Murph and Andy show every Friday, I'm sure when good news happens, uh, I will be sharing it there. Right. You know, Scott, we hope you continue to produce as much content as possible going forward because we've been incredibly entertained over the years from the stuff that you've done, and we're huge fans. So we just wanted to thank you for, you know, guys like Jerry and I putting a smile on our face living in Nebraska and, you know, doing all the highly entertaining things you've done. And we are extremely excited for the Now Kinnick documentary to come out. And if you need anything at all, like any sort of, you know, help promoting it, we would do, you know, we're just little guys here, you know, but we'll do whatever we can to help you get the word out. Hey, Niall uh, graduated from Nebraska High School, so there's a crossover there. Little yep. Benson Bunny. He was a Benson Bunny. Yeah, but he was originally from Iowa. So That's exactly. The majority of his life. So uh, thank you. Thank you for that. I, I should just take a moment, and I know I've talked about some of the team members, but uh, I get most of the credit, and the words that you have seen written, come out of my mouth oftentimes are written by somebody else, Paul or or Nick Gronkowski, um, or, or many other people who maybe contribute a line or here, the people who have put on these, run the camera, edit, light, do sound, all this stuff that comes into a video. Um, I've been really, really blessed to be in Iowa where Iowans very rarely ask you, what's in it for me? Instead, they ask, uh, how else can I help? And because of that question, I've been able to be an actor in Iowa making a living, a very good living in Iowa. I'm an actor who lives in Iowa. Let me say this. It sounds like a punchline to a joke, but it's true. And uh, it's because of Iowans, frankly. Iowa, it's a, field, it's a field of dreams, you know? That was really cheesy. <laughs> hey, you know what? You laid it out there, man. I had to take I, the bait. I, I thought so, too, but I let the guests say it. So Yeah, yeah no problem. Uh, all right, Scott. Hey, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule, despite this, the, the cheesy jokes there. And, you know, we, we really enjoyed uh, sitting down and talking with you. And we're so excited to see that documentary and uh, keep keep everyone posted on what's going on, because, like I said, everything you guys put out, we're we're big fans. I, well, I appreciate it. And uh, I did just if you guys are looking for content for me, I just started my own TikTok channel. Yeah. Uh -oh. Yeah. So uh, just just crossed over at 700,000 views today. Wow. Good, huh? That good. is pretty good. Pretty good. That's it's more weird than pretty good. I, I spent about 15 minutes on this one video, uh, and it probably by the end, there'll be over a million views. And uh, I, I've spent years and years on the Kenning documentary, and I hope it gets a million views. It's just, what is, what, I, don't worry. As you can tell, I'm, I'm a bit neurotic, but we'll We'll figure it out. I just don't understand how it all works. I don't get it. <laughs> it, it is. It's such an odd science of how stuff like that explodes, but it's going to do great. And we're all super excited. The whole state of Iowa is going to take it and run with it. And yeah. he lived such an unbelievably interesting life and was such an amazing person and character. And, you know, it's, the more that we can learn about him, the better for all of us. Well, I look forward to uh, sending the, the uh, information on. Well, tell right. Andy we're coming for him next time you see him. Okay, so. okay I will. I'll see him Friday. 
All right, Jerry, you, you might have to have a you might have to have a sleepover, and we do like a six a.m. interview or something like that. So <laughs> call your call call your parents and see um, if you can stay over. I was I was I was just going to let you get up and do it, and then I'll just help take credit for it later. So. Yeah, you son of a bitch. All <laughs> right, Scott, thank you so much, man. We appreciate it. the Iowa nice guy on Nebraska Hawks Nest, man. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful night. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Scott.